Hey there, this is food writer Jamie Lewis, welcoming you to another episode of The Consumed Podcast, where I hold candid and casual conversations with people across California's central coast, the ones who put food on our plates and drinks in our glass. I'm so glad you're here. Before we get to this episode's guest, I want to share a word from Consumed Sponsors. Do you want to be more intentional about the meat you eat and feed your family? Have you even considered giving up eating meat entirely because you can no longer justify supporting the inhumane and industrialized system that brings meat to your dinner table? If you're looking for a simple way to guarantee you always have access to healthy, sustainably farmed meat and wild seafood, the Larder Meat Co. is here to help. Since 2016, Larder Meat Co. has been delivering farm-raised beef, pork, chicken, lamb, and wild seafood sourced from right here in the Golden State to customers who demand the highest quality proteins as well as intentional sourcing standards and transparency. A convenient club box from Larder Meat Co. makes it easy to automate the most important part of your monthly food budget. You can build a custom box or choose from one of the many curated bundles that LMC offers. As a Larder Meat Co. customer, you are supporting the ever-dwindling ranching industry that has fed us for generations, and you're building a sustainable future for your family, our ranchers, and the planet. Use code CONSUMED at checkout to save $25 on your first subscription and check healthy farm-raised meat and wild seafood off your grocery list for good. That's LarderMeatCo.com. Promo code CONSUMED for $25 off your first subscription. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers Cargo Storage Containers and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections, and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root cellars. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a mid-state container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. Right before the pandemic hit, a little company called Harvestly started up in San Luis Obispo County. In essence, Harvestly is the farmer's market brought home to you. On the website, you can pick and choose from items that are in season, grown, and made by local farmers and producers, and then pay and wait for the delivery to arrive. Think of it like Instacart with a heart, from dirt to your door. Can you tell I write marketing copy? Co-owner Lauren Lucher stops by to describe how Harvestly got started, how it works, and how, with any luck, it will take over the world. 
Here's Lauren Lucier with Harvestly. Who came up with that name? Um, actually, our founder, Walter, came up with that name. Okay. He was just kind of like, well, we're, it was very simple. It was like, well, we're harvesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> people are harvesting and people want that like fresh, um, straight from the farm. And yeah. I think um, we talk about a lot of times of like, that food on the truck or our supply chain issues we've been having this last year is like, how long has that tomato really been sitting on that truck? Like we see our farmers every day and they harvested like this morning. Um, So I think the name kind of encapsulates all of that. It totally does. And it is cute. Yeah. And it's kind of just like cute little adverb. (laughs) How how do you do that? I do it harvestly. That's so funny. (laughs) One of our drivers the other day was like, what should I be when I'm driving? Like, I feel like I'm a harvestly hustler, you know? Oh, it's cute. Yes. It's so funny. I love it. Okay. So tell me about what the initial idea was and what was the problem that you were, you know, your group was trying to solve. Yeah. So um, our founder, Walter Lafke, grew up in Bend, Oregon. Um, when he was a kid, his parents had all this land and he kind of wanted to start a farm just on a whim. I think he was like 13 or 14. And but, but they were not farmers. No, okay. no. They just had land. Um, and he was like, I want to start this farm. And his parents lent him $50 and he bought some tomato plants and started a farm. And his tomatoes start, like turned out so much better than anyone ever expected, which is so funny. He was just a little kid and he was driving them into town and he saw people like lined up down the street to buy Wally's tomatoes was like his thing. And he would sell them to, you know, the grocery store man for, you know, he would get like $2 a pound, $1 a pound. And then he would watch them like on the display sell for five or $6 a pound. And he was like, that's messed up. Like I put all this work into it. Like just this little teenager, like trying to figure it out. Um, and so he was like, that can't be right. This can't be the only solution, but I'm a kid and I go to school and I can't really, I don't have the time to like build my direct to consumer business. Or maybe the, like, I don't know, like the, uh, as a child, I think it's hard to ask for that kind of thing because mm-hmm. you're young, yeah. you know, you feel yeah. uncomfortable asking, but to your point, so grocery stores selling it for like five or six and he's mm-hmm. selling it to them for two or three. Yeah. Okay, so they're making the same he is for all of his work. Yeah, got it. exactly. Okay. And he was like, that just doesn't make sense. You know, no. just like a kid being like, but I did that, you know? Um, and so, and he kind of created this name for himself in his town of Bend, Oregon. Um, so he's like, there has to be a better way. But all these farmers I'm seeing out here, like don't really know how to use technology mm-hmm. Our kind of farming just feels like really behind on the times. Um, so he was just kind of thought about it, didn't really do anything about it. And then came to Cal Poly, um, however many years later (laughs) and was like, Mm -hmm. the central coast has such a strong farming community, but I feel like there's not really like an online platform for that. Or there's people that go to all these farmers markets, but like, have you been to the Thursday market? Like parking and like going and it's just not realistic for all of your groceries. No. But there is a product on the Central Coast for pretty much every single item in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> from some small person, from some small producer there, like is a product for it. Um, and so he wanted to build Harvestly. He met some software engineers and some producers and some people that were just really passionate about it and passionate about eating local food. Mm. Um, and it all happened to start when the pandemic started. We all had so much more time. Oh, is that exactly <laughs> when? Oh yeah. my gosh, your timing is impeccable. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it wasn't like, we didn't start it because of the no, pandemic. No, of course not. It was just like, everyone had a little more time. <laughs> yeah. And needed delivery. Yeah. And needed right? delivery. Um, and we found, you know, Farmers were perceptive to it because they were like, I don't have a website and my market is closing. Some stayed open, but not everyone. 
Um, and that's kind of how it started. And he just kind of met the right people. We all kind of met each other and we're like, this is really cool. Like I want to grow this. Um, and I think obviously it wasn't an easy process still is not an easy process, but I think, um, meeting all the small producers and like talking to customers and people and like hearing how passionate they are about like this service or eating local is like, so, um, I guess like inspiring and has really like continued everyone on the journey. I love it. How did you get involved? Yeah. So I, um, graduated in the journalism department. Uh, <gasps> yes. <laughs> my department. Did yes. I, you were never my student. Were I don't you? think so. Okay. I think you like gave a presentation in one of my classes, yeah. but I graduated in 2021. So mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I was, you could have been. But... Yeah. I think one of my roommates was actually. Like, okay. <laughs> did she hate me? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so funny. Um, but one of my professors, Kim Bischoff, was like, yes. oh, I like worked with the CIE with Harvestly. Like, I think you'd be a really good fit. Um, just because I was kind of like talking to professors about jobs and interviewing around. Um, and like my family was kind of in agriculture mm. and I wanted to like work in marketing, but I wanted to do like a small business or a startup where I could like do all aspects of the job, mm-hmm. like not just one thing and kind of like really make a difference. And so I talked to them and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and oh. we just like really clicked right off the bat. Um, and I ended up taking on just like so much more than I even <laughs> ever expected. Yeah. To, to create a job for yourself. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. It was very cool. Um, and I just like fell in love with like feeling really connected to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't just like marketing something to like get people to buy something. I was yeah. like really felt passionate about it. And I was like, even like meeting with small food businesses to like help their like themselves on the side or like, mm-hmm. how can we make Harvestly an all-inclusive platform so they can do more than just like sell on our platform? Like yeah. we like started connecting like social media or like starting social media for some of these businesses. Oh, so even, so even doing some of the promotional work for the clients individually, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. So we were like, anytime someone would like have a problem or like complain to us about something wrong with their business, we're like, no, we can do that. Oh yeah, sure. We could do that. Oh my gosh. And just kind of like, um, kind of down to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have really good relationships with all of our vendors. It's not just like, we're buying this from you and that's it. You know, yeah. we've kind of like really built, um, good relationships with everyone. Yeah. So I told you before we started recording that I, you know, I don't know much about Harvestly other than you guys reached out to me and, um, somebody on the corner, maybe it's your house, somebody on the corner of Meineke and Choro has a sign out front for it. Is it yeah, your house? It's, it's not. It's like a friend of a friend. But... Well, that person is doing a great job because that's a really visible spot. Yeah. Um, isn't that funny? Yeah. And then um, just, I think some of the people who sell with you have spoken so highly of this. It's very new. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole endeavor is really new, but it feels like it's spread and gained a lot of attention and, um, engagement. And so that's exciting. Yeah. And if I'm perfectly honest, I don't, I don't shop as locally as I could. I think I've been pretty transparent about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but this interests me a lot because it makes it simple. I'm not going to, you know, the honey guy and ordering honey from him online. And I'm not going to the egg people and ordering from them online. Mm -hmm. And paying this massive fee for delivery on each individual piece. Um, Because let's be honest, ordering things and having them delivered has now become pretty normal for a lot of us um, because of the pandemic. So yeah, the idea of going to one spot 
online that culls all these different producers? Um, and does it all get delivered in one, like one box or whatever? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have these, like, you might see them on top, but we have these, like, insulated totes that everyone, like, loves. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, um, so we do that. Um, and we basically aggregate all of it. So there's an order deadline two days before the delivery day to kind of ensure there's no waste. Mm-hmm. So, like, a farmer is picking whatever you ordered, not, like, giving us 10 bushels of something and yes. being like, okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, like, exactly what you ordered, which is very nice, especially for a really small producer, mm-hmm. because if you're really small, you might not be able to keep up with kind of other things. Um, so if you're like, oh, I'm new at making bread and I want to sell bread, you could try it out. You put two loaves in stock on Harvestly yeah. um, and just sell those two just to see how it works, yeah. um, which is really nice. Um, and then it also ensures everything is fresh because they make it to order for you. They have two days. Because they know when, so they, everybody has a deadline. The consumer has a deadline two days before the, is it a weekly delivery date? There's two days a week. Okay. What days are those? Tuesday and Friday. Okay. So they have a deadline, but then the producers also know when their deadline is to make sure everything is tip top. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier on kind of both people and it ensures you get fresh food. It like hasn't been sitting around. Yeah. They like make it to order. About how many producers do you have on your list? Probably 150. Lady, that is really good. <laughs> yeah, probably pretty up there. 130 to 150, I would say. Who's your oldest, the person, the longest? Uh, I want to say Pepper Creek Farms. Mm. They're in Arroyo Grande and they... Oh, Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, out in the... Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I want to say they are the first. Their produce is so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I just like ate something. I just got a produce box from them. So it's like just thinking Nice. About yeah. Nice. And who's one of the newest? Mm, probably... Let's see. There's like a few kind of like onboarding, but, um, mm. I want to say aviator acres farms is pretty new. I think they work out of city farm. I think they're pretty small. Oh, okay. Um, and then coconut colt is that like probiotic? Oh, oh I know. <laughs> I know. He lives in this neighborhood. Oh, really? I've always wanted to have him on. He's hard to reach though, because they are blowing up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They're blowing up. So explain what coconut or yeah, coconut cult is. Yeah. They're like a probiotic yogurt. They're pretty new on Harvestly. So I just got my first delivery of it and I got the chocolate mousse and it's like so good, but you're only supposed to have like one scoop, I think. And I was like, I ate like three and I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So we'll just get gross for a second. Okay. So I had, I love probiotics. I, I need them. I mean, I just, it's really good for me, but I just feel better all the time if I'm on a regular Mm -hmm. schedule with them. So I was talking to Becky Hicks, who owns with her husband, um, Lincoln Market and Deli. Oh yeah. And they were one of the first carriers of coconut cult. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her, we were just chatting about probiotics and and digestive stuff. And, um, she said, have you tried coconut cult? You've got to try it, but you got to go slow. You can't be like pounding because you see this little jar yeah, and it's like, what is this? It looks like one yo play yeah. where you're like, I'm going to eat this whole thing. Listen, don't eat the whole thing. I know. <laughs> I had one bite because she scared me. She was like, just have a little at a time. I ate one bite and I could like hear my stomach like kink or it yeah. just, it rearranges things in yeah. the best possible way. And it tastes so good. Yeah. 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 I have this scoop of like the chocolate one before bed and then it's like perfect. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Well, they're a good person. They're good to have on there because they're just so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just got them pretty recently because I didn't even realize they were in slow. Yeah. Like 
some of these brands, I'm like, you're so big. (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's such an entrepreneurial place. Mm -hmm. The fact that you guys felt comfortable just starting something like, well, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, it happens. It's fertile ground for that. Yeah. And I would say here people are like more receptive to that and they want to support people trying it out and like shooting their shot with a business or anything. And people are like really receptive to the idea, I would say more than other places. (laughs) Yeah. And also like shout out to Kim Bischoff for seeing you in a class. What class was she teaching you? It was probably my senior project class. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. She does that good on her for being like, you know what, Lauren, I think that there's potential here for this. She's so good at making connections. And I feel like that's San Luis Obispo also is so good yeah. at making connections like Definitely. that. Definitely, yes. Yeah. Well, so where I'm, I'm curious about this platform. It sounds almost like. It sounds almost like what you've built is a platform from the code up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you tried? Have have people been interested in adopting that for their area, where you could sell it as a bundle to like I don't know bend or Ashland or whatever. Yeah. So when we first started, we started on Shopify, um, as a lot of e-commerce businesses do easy. Um, but we felt that it like wasn't adapting to one, all the needs of our vendors and the Mm. needs of us. Um, because we wanted to have it so that every product, so if you're a small producer, we wanted to add a delivery day and we wanted it so your product could only show up on like a certain delivery day. Yeah. So if you're small, but we want to grow, you can still choose to only do one day a week mm. or things mm-hmm. like that. It just wasn't adapting to all these specific needs and having like a vendor portal where they're totally in control of their page. So um, last year we made the investment like, okay, we're going to build this thing from scratch. So now it's all set. So there's um, an admin portal where you can turn on a city wherever you want. Um, wait, whole thing- wait, what do you mean? So as a consumer, if I live in Bakersfield, I could turn it on and well, we can turn on. So like we can oh. go and say, okay, let's do this. Like we're going to start a market in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. So we have it set up. So on our end, we just have to turn it on on board vendors and we're good to go. Wow. Um, and the consumer just types in their zip code. So that's all like built and ready to go. Yeah. Um, just like time, money. So now it's money. just sales and getting <laughs> producers on board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's all ready to go and built from scratch. And the cool thing about that is each individual producer can, has their own page so they can put their story, put their photos, put videos of the farm. Mm. Like we really wanted to make it like as like feeling like you're at a farmer's market as possible, even if you like can't leave your home or yeah, that's so much time if you're going to source all these products from all across the County. And a lot of our people don't even go to farmer's markets. So yeah. Um, yeah, we needed to build that from scratch to kind of get all the features we wanted. Yes, and it reduces by having um, those producers be able to manage their inventory or their stories or whatever. It reduces your workload. Exactly. You don't, because I could easily see them being like, well, I don't really have a bio. Could you write one for me? That's, yeah. I spe- say that from experience. <laughs> happy to do it, but that's all. If you have 150, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. get to manage their outward facing, their profile. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like just their business and we're like the middleman delivering it and like aggregating cool. everything. Very cool. Yeah. So Walter's no longer involved. Yes, kind of just from the side. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So it's you and who else is on your team? Yeah. So it's me and then my coworker, Madison Peterson. So she's also um, a Cal Poly alumni 2021 in ag business. Um, mm. And she's kind of more on that vendor side, farmer side, kind of grew up in farming and is very familiar with that. Um, we also, we have other employees and kind of like a remote tech team and things like that and plenty of advisors and mentors and yeah. other things to kind of 
keep us going. But it sounds small. Yes. I mean, very. which, you know, everybody loves a, a story about small, yeah. small business reaching high and being yeah. ambitious. Well, so have you ever tried ordering everything you need? I mean, are you a shopper? Like mm-hmm. you're really regular? Yeah. Okay. So have you ever tried ordering everything you need all completely from Harvestly? Yes. And I think that helps in a lot of senses because it's helped us like, okay, we need this Like, where are the holes? Yeah, Yeah, where are the holes? And I think there definitely are holes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to deny that. But um, I think our first hole was, like, dairy. So there's no um, dairy local to Slow County. So we have Mm -hmm. Cal Poly Creameries. We have their cheese and ice cream and things like that. But we wanted, like, milk. They don't bottle milk. Mm. Um, They don't have a milk bottle or something. I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I've never – I'm thinking, (laughs) have I ever seen milk? No. So Strauss is, like, the closest local – Ist, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so we just added them. And so where are they? Aren't they up in the Bay area? Yeah. So that's okay. kind of like our closest plus like Rosa brothers, but Strauss is like a little bit easier to yeah. work with. So that's kind of closes the dairy gap. So that's like milk, cream, butter, yep. yogurt, that kind of thing. Um, and then the seafood gap. So we did work with Giovanni's for a little bit, but, yeah. um, they kind of are short staffed and like lacking employees to like even pack the orders. So, I mean, they'll be back on eventually. So seafood is another gap right now, but honestly, for the most part, we have everything you would need. Um, the only thing is people are like, well, I want watermelon in the winter. It's just like that seasonal aspect. Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. Or like watermelon's a bad example, but um, like, no, but I'm sure, I'm sure people are like, well, I want to make a peach pie in, in February. You're like, okay, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, so there's a place for education. Yeah. Like, well, we are totally seasonal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's straight, it's direct from the dirt to your door. Yeah. Ooh, I'm marketing for you. That was good. (laughs) Where's my notebook? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that's a good educational Mm -hmm. piece for anybody who is wanting watermelon in winter. Yeah. Just things like that. Like, um, there's other, I can't think of a good example, but there's other things that like, I would have no idea that like wasn't seasonal right now. Um, sure. so pe- cause people are used to seeing the grocery store. And so, yeah. um, that's the only difference there of like, we might not have something that's not fully in season. Yeah. Something that occurs to me as you're talking is that, um, because I do often work in marketing, it's a lot of clients or you could just, I mean, just by observation, you can see that a lot of big corporations fight hard to write or you know position a message that gets people to to seek them out Mm -hmm. the thing about this that's so awesome is you really don't have to do that it kind of writes itself like yeah uh, like um you know everybody wants to shop local Mm -hmm. but their excuse is it's either too expensive or it's too hard um now as far as expense goes I don't know maybe it remains high I mean it should right we're paying people what they're worth but as far as easy goes, mm-hmm. you've pretty much taken care of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I would say not every product is more expensive. Like the other day I was buying strawberries from Albertsons. Like, don't knock me. I just like needed them right then. Oh, <laughs> if that were something I could knock you over, my whole life could get knocked over. Yes, okay. But um, I was like, oh, the Harvestly ones are cheaper. Like you see things like that where you're like, oh, it is sometimes cheaper yeah. to go from the farmer. Um, and a lot of times it's comparable, especially with like rising prices in the grocery store. We've For kind of sure. felt that ours have stayed pretty similar um a little bit but flour like grains and things like that you've got flour coming yeah we have flour we have mount olive and paso they have everything flour rice and i was like how can they be producing all this stuff so i went (laughs) and i was like oh my gosh like they have a whole 
thing going on i'm just like this is crazy i would yeah. never even know it's like the back roads of paso like all the way back there but, but they're they have awesome. so many things i mean when yeah. you see them at the market they have yeah they've got eggs and they've got herbs but then they have like dried and preserved things and they mm-hmm. just must be hustling like crazy yeah, out they there they have like nuts yeah. like dried apples like and spices wheat wheat so fun yeah it's very they're they're an awesome vendor to have on really they like fill so many categories yeah but there are things that you can't get like um I'm sure baking soda for instance is not gonna be on there Mm -hmm. what about sugar do you ever Hmm. no I don't think so actually I can't imagine you would no yeah there's like the staples like that that we wouldn't get yeah um but there are certain things like we probably would never have like bananas (laughs) yeah Yeah. bananas I was just gonna say that people are like do you have bananas no (laughs) no there's another educational moment like no let's talk geography and climate yeah yes so you say that you grew up somewhat in agriculture Mm -hmm. okay what does that mean yeah so I grew up in Stockton um California um and my family has cherries um, yes. Yes. And then Maddie's family um, has almonds okay. up in the valley as well. So <laughs> kind of grew up around that as well. Yeah. But I would say the central coast is different, whereas like um, people have really small like plots of land and still have like awesome businesses. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's just so much for like the small producer here. Like not very much is like commercialized, which yes. is awesome. Yes. Um, and like you can really taste the difference. Like the other day I was eating this like red onion from Blosser Urban Garden. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like, this is really, <laughs> like you can really just A tell. A red onion. Yeah. You yeah. can really tell the difference. That's so cool. But yeah. Cherries and almonds are that classic, such classic um, valley produce, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like big and like an an operation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did your family ever have to, with drought and everything, ever have to cut down trees? Not really. And I would say like, it was more my grandparents. And as they got older, they kind of like stopped more and more. Yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, it was like much, much larger. So maybe, I don't yeah. know. I was kind of just the kid running around in the orchard. In the orchard. <laughs> That's another classic story out there. Yeah. Kids running in the orchard. Yeah. Um, did you grow up eating locally? Um, I would honestly say no. I would say, um, no, I think my parents like always worked a lot and it was always like Mm. the quickest, easiest, like whatever it was. Um, but then I think like, I just loved like Harvestly story and like what they were building and like Mm -hmm. talking to these producers. And I was like, well, I live here. Like, why would I not? Like I went to Slow Creek Farms and like picked my own apple. And I was like, this is so fun. And then I'm like, why am I at the grocery store getting apples from Washington when like they're right here? It just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why are we eating this? And you can like taste the difference in the price. You know, obviously it's a luxury. Obviously, um, a lot of times there is a huge price difference, but a lot of times there isn't with fresh produce. If you're eating seasonally, um, a lot of times that higher price is because it's out of season and they're shipping it in from somewhere else. Right. For sure. Um, what so when you you didn't really cook or you weren't interested in local food per se until you got involved with this yeah and I would say until I like came to slow yeah and I think like it was just so cool like hearing and I think you go to a farmer's market and they tell you you know all about their produce and how they grew it and like you see pictures from the farm and Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just like you feel really like connected to Mm -hmm. the area and the food and then you taste it and you're like oh yeah, yeah that makes sense I think Cal Poly is special that way. I mean, partly because it's so ag-centered. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different than other schools in that, you know, think about Wow Week. Did you do Wow Week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the whole thing. All right. You did, yeah, right. <laughs> all the things. So funny because my husband's a Cal Poly grad and I'm like, did you do Wow Week? He's like, no. He didn't do any of the standard <laughs> stuff. But 
think about, you know, when you do, so Wow Week is Week of Welcome and it's mm-hmm. kind of orientation for freshmen. And um, one of the big things that happens is students go in groups down to the farmer's market. They yeah. get to know slow. And the fact that one of their things that they get to know slow through is local farms and mm-hmm. farmers, um, it's pretty cool that that's considered like uh, initiation into our area. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like it's just the ultimate like connection to this area Mm -hmm. is through the food here. Yeah. Well, and we have Cal Poly to thank in many ways for that because, uh, you know, the fact that you're getting whatever ice cream cheese from Cal Poly, a lot of schools, like I didn't go to Cal Poly. I went to a small liberal arts school. The idea of having the school make, through teaching, mm-hmm. make those kinds of products available oh, yeah. is outrageous. Yeah. It's just the coolest thing and a high quality product too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We get people like customers that just shop on Harvestly like to get Cal Poly products because yeah. we have meat too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and it's a super high quality product and like they're awesome to work with. And it's like you walk in there to go grab it and it's like all these students working and it's so cool to see. Um, so cool. And like Cal Poly really supports that too. And even I think as a freshman, you can buy Cal Poly food like with your meal plan, I'm pretty sure. So oh I think they like support gosh. it through and through. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Are they the only meat um, uh, producers on Harvestly? No, we have um, Irish Oaks Ranch. They're in Atascadero. They have a lot of meat hmm. um, as well as Molnar. Um, they're like the beef by the beach is like their slogan. I think it's in Cambria. It's them. really cool. It's like their pictures are like cows like on these hills and you can see the ocean in the back and it's like so cool. Yeah. Um, but they're pretty cool. Um, we have like a few more, I think, coming on or in and out, but those yeah. are the, kind of the main ones. Okay. That's awesome. So where are your headquarters? Where do you keep and receive all this stuff? Yeah, we have um, a warehouse in Slow, like off auto road down there okay um but honestly we don't keep the food for very long which is nice um because of that freshness so um it all kind of comes in like we have a pickup refrigerated van that like drives around maybe you've seen it's wrapped in harvestly but you only have one yeah um, you guys are so scrappy i love it (laughs) yeah it's very scrappy um and it goes and picks up all the produce like from eight to noon and then it all comes back to the warehouse and it gets packed and picked within two hours and headed out the door and the drivers come just like an independent contractor driver comes, picks up their orders and then heads out. Um, and the cool thing about that is all their orders are like aggregated in one area. So they're taking one trip with all of the orders in their car, which kind of also eliminates kind of that waste and, um, gas and things like that. Can you get, so if I lived in AG, Mm -hmm. you would deliver to me? Yeah. We deliver all throughout Slow County. We also deliver to Lompoc and Creston and things like that as well. Okay. Just cause we kind of ended up getting the demand from these like smaller out there areas. Why not? Right. Um, and as long as you have a few customers there and the driver has, you know, a few people to drop off. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody orders like a loaf of bread, which I'm curious also, okay, backing up, you said that if I wanted to start making bread mm-hmm. that you would come pick up, but I need like a business license. And yeah. You, right? Okay. Yeah, we like make sure you're all good. Taste Cottage, this business. bread I made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole nines insurance. Everything. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not that. Because <laughs> yeah. I do make a mean granola and no, just yeah. kidding. Um, but when your van goes out eight to noon, mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody only orders one loaf of bread from so-and-so or like, you know, a little thing of shallots or whatever, you'll go all the way out there to pick that up and come back. Yeah. Is there a minimum? There's not a minimum to order anything. Okay. Um, there's like a free delivery 
you know, threshold, but I don't need to order a pallet of shallots. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and there's so many other like customers that orders like the same thing usually. So yeah. it's not too bad. Um, and a lot of people like locally drop off at our warehouse. Okay. Um, and then there's like pickup hubs or drop off hubs. So like in Atascadero, there's a hub where people like all drop off their stuff. So then the driver just like picks up one bunch of it. And then there's a hub in Paso. So anyone, okay. the, honestly, most of our producers are from North County. So it makes yes. it easier. Um, but South County people usually drop off in slow. North County is so abundant. Yes. There's so much in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. meat, grains, produce, obviously grapes. Do you guys sell wine on? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we do. Um, we sell wine. We're looking for more wineries. So if you have a winery. Oh, <laughs> looking for more wineries. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy for wineries too. Um, so yeah. yeah. Um, so pandemic, I mean, when exactly did you start? Was it before March, 2020? It was like February, March, 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so fun. I mean, yeah. not fun, but like, it's just timely. Yeah. It was just like when all of us like had some free time, you know? <laughs> Crazy. Did everything blow up right then? Not like from the start, but I think, uh, like we didn't have a lot of money or funding, so mm. it wasn't like pour all this into marketing. Like we're going to get out there and like do all of this. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Walter always says this and we always say this is like to start a business, just find a hundred people that love you. Hmm. That's like the main thing is like, once you have those hundred people that, lo- that love you, like then you have this business, like let's go start like trying to find more people. Hmm. Um, but it was like, find those people that love you and find why they love you. Um, and kind of use that to find more people, um, and kind of find like those value ads and like where the value add with, with Harvestly is. Um, and even like today we still call our best customers all the time. We're like, Hey, like just checking in, like what, how was your order? Like, what do you think could be better? Is there a product that you cool. want? Um, and so we have this one customer in Lake Nascimento that orders like, Holy Toledo. You're yeah. driving out there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We love our, like, that's awesome far. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but there's nothing really out there. So it kind of works out. No, I think it's great for them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and we call this one customer. I'm like, Hey, I saw you ordered a lot from this vendor. Like they wanted to know if like you wanted them to add another product <laughs> or something like that. It's yeah. so funny. Um, but it's very personalized. And like, um, when you email and call us, like it's me, me or Maddie on the phone and we're right. going to like help you get there. And like, we oversee the whole process from picking it up to packing, to yeah. delivering, to customer service to so good. everything. So. Did you get any support from like hot house or anything like that? Um, not necessarily. I think, um, from the start, like definitely mentors and things like that, yeah. but not like explicitly where you weren't part of the program. Okay. Who's one of the mentors who helped? Um, I think it was more like finding connections through there. We kind of met, like we're able to meet like VC people and things like that yeah. and kind of just connecting through there. Um, but no one like in particular that I could name. And nobody, kind of just like, and there isn't any venture capital money in there. Um, not really like kind okay. of at the beginning we tried that and we we're kind of like, eh, I don't really want to make all these different people happy. I, <laughs> I t- the reason I ask is I really appreciate what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I, nobody's the boss of me, you know, just find those hundred people who love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Start with that. That feels grounded to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And for something that's so local, locally fueled by local businesses and local customers, that mm-hmm. feels really good to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think like we've reached anywhere near like our capacity in this county to like yeah. quite start moving on. Um, I think when you get into like the growth mindset a little too fast, it like you need to kind of be brought back almost. Realistic. Yeah. 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 And so I think, um, 
like there were points where we were like, let's grow this, like, let's go crazy and like do all this stuff and get all this money. And I think we're like, okay, like, wait, like in slow, we can definitely like capture a lot more, um, audience, um, in this County. Yeah. Not that this is anywhere near the same discussion point, but I do think about my podcast. I mean, I started it very clearly appealing to local, you know, slow County and central coast, Mm -hmm. um, which feels so small that how much could it grow, Mm -hmm. but there's depth there. It might not be as broad, but if you get listeners or customers Mm -hmm. who really believe in what you do and want to go deeper rather than more broadly. I mean, I can't look, I can't get David Chang on my podcast. I can't get, (laughs) you know, the head of, I I don't know, Whole Foods or anything. I mean, maybe if anybody's listening out there and they have a connection there, sure. I'd happily talk to those people, (laughs) (laughs) but, but you know, there's something to be said for going deeper rather than broader. Mm -hmm. Um, and and actually, I hope this is the same for you. It's been more rewarding to connect mm-hmm. with people that I actually see at Farmer's Market or yeah. at Food for Less or, <laughs> um, or wherever, you yeah. know, even yeah. just in line at the bank. To yeah. see those people is really meaningful. It adds a lot to my quality of life. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the same experience. Well, so what if you could name anything in terms of growth? What, what would you like to see happen next? I mean, I think we would love to open a new market, um, in like Santa Barbara or like another neighboring area. Um, but that's like a, definitely a bigger goal, but I would say, um, just kind of like the main goal has always been to like have a driver go to a neighborhood and like drop off, you know, every house down the street or like, well, sure. <laughs> but not every house down the street, but like definitely more penetration or like, um, doing more things in the community. I think, I mm-hmm. think like being at events and like things like that is so rewarding and like just talking to people about Harvestly is so rewarding. Um, but I think it's like the time and the resources to like go and like seek out events and like be at places and try to be everywhere. I Mm -hmm. think we would much rather spend our marketing dollar, like being places and like talking to people and hosting events and things like that than just like throwing money at something like an ad, an ad or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that we don't do that. Not that we don't no, do that. But I but hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's definitely a lot more rewarding and like feels, um, like we're more connected to the community. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the goal, um, doing just talking to people and kind of getting out there. Um, and we've, we did an event last year, um, at Slow Creek Farms and it was so fun. We did like a fall, like harvest fest and everything. So I want to do another one this year. That was your event specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like our first time. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like whatever. If it, if it fails, it fails. Like what? And then, um, we ended up getting like 200 people to show up and I was oh. like, Oh my gosh, like what happened? And it was so fun. We did like, um, 10 vendors and they like sampled stuff. Um, and Smart. then, yeah. And then we did like, um, people picked their pumpkins and their flowers and then we did barbecue and it was like super fun. And so that stuff like great. that, yeah, stuff like that, still great marketing awareness and things like that, but it's like fun and like people get to talk to vendors and like, yeah. um, it is an online platform and we are making that easier, but like, we're trying to like bridge that connection, um, even more. And it get, yeah. So you're, I also like that you're curating a group of vendors mm-hmm. that's also specific to the season. So it's like a family friendly thing. You come out and taste, mm-hmm. you get your pumpkin, whatever. And did yeah. you say Slow Creek Farms? Yeah. Love that place <laughs> I know. is so special. I should have them on there. I am like my desert island fruit is an apple, which everybody makes fun of me for because apples Why? are so, they're, you know, they're such hardy, hardworking you know, loyal Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. fruits that yeah. you, and they also have great shelf life and all this. I mean, I, of course, pick, pick them the day you can, but they, they last, you know? Yeah. Um, but honestly, the flavor and texture of a good apple, I just, I, there's nothing better for yeah. me. Yeah. And it's so fun. You can pick them yourself. <laughs> I love it. And they have so many varieties yeah. and, um, well, that's exciting. Are you going to do that this year? I think so. We'll see cool. if I get on it. <laughs> yeah. Tell me if there's any way I can help with that. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's what you want to happen next. And I would imagine if you could have anything you wanted, it sounds like, oh, and you have ownership, right? So mm-hmm. this is, it's important to you personally. Yeah. Okay. So I think it would be really cool. And I would imagine this is your goal is to like Harvestly becomes a national brand and you can have it anywhere in any community and it benefits that community specifically. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we kind of like set it up. So it could kind of go anywhere and like be a part of that community. Like we're probably never going to take slow goods and like try to sell them somewhere else. Right. Um, it would be a part of that community. I mean like maybe like Cal Poly jam and chocolate, like for the, for the moment. That's good for them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. So I think that's how we set it up and that's like we want to have that foundation to like do that anywhere. And like, you could totally take it anywhere and it would, it would pretty much work. I would say, yeah. um, as long as the community is like cares about local. And I yes. think, um, there's certain places that don't and there's some that do. So it's just like finding yeah. those people in those places that, that do kind of care and want to support local people. Maybe there are places too that, you know, it's not as important to buy local perhaps because they think they can't. Yeah, exactly. So waking them up to producers around, cause there's always somebody, right? There's always, always yeah. a business you can support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that I asked a question about what to eat on your last day? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> All right. So if it were your last day on earth, you're not sad about dying. Okay. You're like, I want to celebrate. What would you eat and what would you drink and who would you have there? Okay. Wow, there's a lot of food that I like. You can have it all. (laughs) And you can have a dead person there who is magically alive. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I would probably do a Luna Red Paella. (laughs) I have never had it. Oh, it's really good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. Um, I'd probably do that with a La Esquina margarita. Mm, <laughs> you are so smart. Yeah, you can have whatever. <laughs> it's your day. Um, okay, and then I would do, so, okay, this is a quick Harvestly plug, but um, La Migliore Bakery on Harvestly. Yes. <laughs> They're also at the Saturday market in Slow. Yep. They are amazing. Yep. They're like our number one seller, like best chef. Yeah. Really? They have, there's like, a fruit tart and it's like Franco's fruit tart. Yeah. You need to get it. It's really, yeah. really good. It's like super authentic. Like one of his, he like went to pastry school in France. I think if this is wrong, Allie, like don't knock me here, but, <laughs> um, um, but that one, that would be my dessert. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably have co-founder Maddie there with me mm. and we would just eat, have a harvestly feast <laughs> with everything. Um, but it. the paella and the margarita would be, so if you guys want to also be on Harvestly and sell your paella to me, you definitely can. <laughs> Cartons of paella. <laughs> yes, that, that would probably. I love that you want to have Ali, your your business partner there with you to yes. eat all the things. I don't think yeah. anyone's ever said that before. I love that. Yes. That's yeah. good. You must have a good relationship. Yes. Well, I'm going to post information about how to get to Harvestly. Mm-hmm. Um 
And I would encourage anybody, and I'm saying this for myself too, <laughs> to get in there, maybe make a first order, see if you can make up one dinner with everything that you buy on Harvestly and yeah. see how you like it and then support local. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say like our best selling category, not what we expected would be prepared meals. Like most people. Oh, good. You do yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So there's like salads, lasagna, like spaghetti, like everything cheese boards we just added this is actually the newest one is cheese box co and they do like those big giant grazing boards like for parties that are so beautiful yeah Yeah. they're so beautiful um but she's new too but anyway the prepared meals are our biggest category and they're all really good stephanie's soup from um she's in the los osos market and she does like vegan soup yes she's very popular as well Okay. Um, soup is, is up there as far as selling. That's such a good idea. So you could even think ahead and think, okay, what do I want to have Thursday night? It's a busy night. Mm-hmm. Let's just have something ready to go yeah. and order that. That's very cool. Yeah. And a lot of the meals are frozen too, which makes it kind of easy. Awesome. Yeah. There's no excuses there. <laughs> There's no excuse. Just had to add that in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and talking yeah. about this very cool new business. Yeah. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Consumed Podcast. Consumed is produced and edited by me, Jamie Lewis. To learn more about my guests, to see their photos, to learn about live events, yes, live events, to join the Consumed mailing list, and more, visit letsgetconsumed.com. Consumed.